Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you're living on money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you're living a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888 Money Pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So glad to have you here today to join us with your home improvement questions, your do-it-yourself dilemmas, because we are here to help you take on the projects you'd like to get done around your home. Do you have a Money Pit? Congratulations. So do we. We love our homes. They do need some care and feeding, and that's what we're here to help you get done. Pick up the phone and help yourself first by calling us at 888-666-3974. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk about wood floors. It's actually one of the most popular questions we get asked on the show um, every single year is about wood floors. We seem to get more wood floor questions than anything else. They do continue to remain the material of choice for lots of homeowners, but guess what? Folks are now using wood flooring material on their walls for an added attractive feature. We're going to teach you about this trend and how you can get it done in your own home in just a bit. And if you have a tile project in mind, we've got tips on a new tile shape that mathematicians have come up with that will create a new and interesting look for your backsplash or your bathroom. Plus, are you tired of the avalanche whenever you open your closet? We'll have some tips on how you can tackle closet organization so you can get it right the first time. I mean, it's not every closet. It's just maybe a couple of closets that that happens with, but you know. (laughs) It's not every closet. It's just like your bedroom closet and (laughs) your closet. All closets. <laughs> yeah, kids, kids closets. All right, it's enough closets. We're going to get to that. But this hour, guys, we've got a great prize that's the first of its kind. It's a brand new snowblower. It's the Snowjo Hybrid Ion, and now it works off of a lithium-ion battery or a power cord. It's worth 400 bucks. going out to one caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show. So let's get to it. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Kimberly in Delaware is on the line with an interesting question. I'm reading your bath mats got melted to the floor. How did that happen? No, I clean houses for a living and I want to clean a house. And the lady asked me if I can get it up. And she said it's been there for two years. What? Wow. Stuck to the floor, huh? Hmm. No, to the ba- inside the bathtub. It oh, melted the bathtub. In, into, inside the bathtub. And, she, and you couldn't get it up? You couldn't pull it off? No. No, no, I tried. It's stuck there. It's like cement. I'm thinking it might be glued in place and not melted. Did she buy the house with this bath mat? No, she's had the house for 20 years and they put it and she put the bath mat there herself. And she said her husband just put it in there so they wouldn't fall because they're elderly people. And it's been like that for two years, she said. Well, I guess she would know herself if it was glued in place. I don't necessarily have a good solution for you here. I mean, generally, if I find something that's adhered and needs to be loosened up, I'll use a product like WD-40, but I'm, I'm afraid to tell you to use that in the bathtub because I don't want them to slip. But that tends to break any adhesive bond that uh, that is uh, resulting, but it's also a lubricant. So, I mean, you could try very, very carefully under one corner of it, see if it loosens up, but you've got to rinse it thoroughly and scrub it thoroughly because otherwise you'll leave a very slick surface there. I guess the other thing that you could try would be an adhesive, a citrus-based 
um, adhesive remover. There are orange-based products, citrus-based products that can are used to remove adhesive. But I have a hard time believing that this was an adhesive that actually glued itself to it. And I don't think it melted. I think there was some sort of maybe chemical reaction between the rubber mat and the bathtub that, that caused them to bond. Now, I will warn you that even if you get this up, it's very possible that the uh, surface of the tub could be damaged. And, you know, you may be having something else that you don't like uh, to look at uh, there as a result. And that's what I'm afraid of because I'm going to be, I'm her house cleaner and I don't want to get blamed for, you know, the tub being messed up either. <laughs> yeah, then I don't think you so. should take, I don't think it's your responsibility. You know, I would say okay. you, you tried, but it's stuck in place and leave it at that. I, I agree with you. You don't want to make the situation worse uh, and get them upset and then and, and be potentially responsible for finding a, a solution to an impossible problem. Okay, well, thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome, Kimberly. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit, and have a great day. All right. Now, this problem is something we probably have all dealt with. Your water is taking way too long to heat up. Monty in Alabama, tell us about it. We've got a uh, our water heater. We moved into a house a few months ago, and it's taken about uh, 90 to uh, 120 seconds for the in the kitchen for the hot water to heat up, yep. and, which is just a tremendous waste of water. Yep. And uh, the, it's an electric water heater, and it's located... On the other side of the house, upstairs, so it's having to travel so far, I'm sure. Is there any reasonable solution to that? Yeah, well, you, you hit the nail on the head. The reason it takes that long for the water to get hot is because that's how long it takes for the water to travel that long run down the pipe and to get over to the kitchen from the other side of the house. What I might suggest that you consider is adding a second water heater. Now, you could pick up a tankless water heater, and they do actually have some reasonably energy-efficient electric tankless water heaters right now. I never used to say that, but I recently saw some some new ones. It's with the, the technology is getting a little bit better. They actually have heat pump water heaters that are pretty efficient. But if you were to split the run to get the water heater a little closer to the kitchen, uh, that would make a difference. Now, is the kitchen the only place you're having this? Is it is the hot water reasonably quick in terms of where the bathrooms are located? Yes. Yeah, since the bathrooms are more important than the kitchen in terms of the speed with which the hot water arrives, especially if right. it's you standing on a cold floor waiting you know, for the water to get warm before you hop in the shower, I would probably tolerate it if it was me. I would tolerate it and and deal with it. Now, the other thing that you could do is you could put a, a, uh, a, a point-of-use water heater uh, right under the kitchen cabinet to supply additional hot water. But again, it's kind of an expensive project, and and I don't know if if you would ever make that up in terms of the you know savings on water cost and that sort of thing. Yeah, if it's not something that we can make up, it's not really worth doing. Because I don't think it's worth doing then, Monty, because it's uh you know it's not really inconvenient uh, because it's not near the bathrooms. It's just you have to be patient a little bit, waiting for that warm water to arrive. And I imagine after it arrives, it, you know. It, stays warm in the pipes a little bit longer. One thing you could think about doing is uh, insulating that hot water pipe so that once the warm water gets in it, it stays warm a bit longer, and that would... Uh, yeah, that's a good thought. That would be inexpensive. Inexpensive, right, and make it a little bit more convenient, okay? Okay, Tom, thank you so much. Enjoy your show. Thanks so much, Monty. Good luck with that project, and thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Coming up, we've got tips on a home improvement project that can have you seeing your wood floors in a whole new way by kind of moving that material to your walls. It delivers a unique look in your home. We'll tell you all about this new trend after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And hey, if you call us right now at 888 Pit, we will do our best to give you an answer to your home improvement or home decor question. Plus, we're giving away a great prize this hour. It's the Snow Joe Ion Hybrid Snowblower. It's the first snowblower on the market to feature two-in-one hybrid operation that allows users to choose between battery-powered or corded operation. It can clear a path 18 inches wide, 8 inches deep, throw the snow 20 feet, and move about 500 pounds of snow per minute. You can find it at Home Depot or HomeDepot.com. Again, that value is $3.99, but it's going out to one lucky caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Jim in North Dakota on the line who is looking to insulate the outside of his home. Tell us what's going on. I'm up there in the cold country, <laughs> and I wanna. I'm looking to, this past summer. I put siding on my house and new windows and doors and did all that stuff myself. And then I decided I'd better, you know, do my basement foundation, especially the the portion that's exposed. And I was what I'm thinking of doing is uh, Menard Selvo. I don't know if I'm supposed to say brand names, but Selvo three foot by five foot sheets of uh, styrofoam with uh, you know rocks already glued or however they do that on one side, and that's what I was going to use, but. I don't know how to attach that to the wall, and then I had a neighbor come over and told me that even if I do use that, because uh, I've got about two foot of foundation exposed, so I'd only be going, you know, foot and a half or so under the ground with the rest of that, but our neighbor tried to tell me that if I don't um, go all the way to the bottom of my foundation with foam, that I'll create a hot cold where, where I stop, and he says I'll break my walls doing that. And I'm like, uh, really? Well, Jim, first of all, are these foundation walls exposed on the basement side? Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, there's, I've got uh, one, two, three windows in there, and that's another thing. I don't know how to trim around them with that, that foam stuff. Well, here's what I would do. I would recommend that you insulate the inside of the foundation walls, not the outside of the foundation walls. Typically, when you build a house, you know, and you excavate around the house, you do put a foam insulation around the outside walls. But, you know, short of you digging down the footings, 
Um, I don't think it's worth doing at this point. I would insulate the interior of the walls. There's a wide variety of different types of insulation products. Yes, you can get the kind that attaches to the wall. There's also a fiberglass bat that's sort of uh, covered with a, a kind of like a foil vapor barrier that's specifically made for uh, foundation walls. And any of those are, are good options to insulate the interior of the walls. But just as important, if not more important, make sure you have plenty of insulation up in the box beam space, which is the beginning of the floor structure. A lot of folks will insulate walls and leave that uninsulated, and that's actually more at risk uh, for drafts. So make sure that the box beam area, the sill plate, all that area is sealed and insulated, and insulate, add the additional insulation to the inside of the foundation walls, not the outside, a lot easier to attach that way. If it's the foam, you could attach it with a construction adhesive. If it's the uh, the bats, there's different types of a clip system that comes typically with those. You'd buy it at the same place you got the insulation where it would be clipped into the wall. But I do think it's a good idea for you to insulate those walls. Okay. He told me they do that because that's why he's trying to tell me that's why they insulate the outside of their walls. up. Now, your foundation would only crack if your soil got really wet and it expanded and it and it cracked the walls. If you have good drainage, then your soil should not crack based on having insulation on one side and not the other. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. Karen in Nebraska is having some issues with her automated lighting. What can we do for you? Well, I have a porch light on the side of the house and one in the front of the house. I got these timers. The one in the back works perfectly fine. Um, at dusk, it'll come on, and, and then in, you know, in the, when the daylight comes, it'll turn off. And the one on the front will not. So I took the timer back on the front, and I thought, well, maybe it was a faulty timer. But it still doesn't work. And I had a man look at it, and he can't figure out why it's not working. Um, it would be helpful if that, that one would work, too, because now, you know, I have to turn it off and on. But the switch works. So you know that without the timer, it comes off and on. It's just when you add the timer into this. What kind right. of timer is this? Is it the kind of timer that, that takes the place of the switch or, or what? Well, it, you just screw the light bulb into this timer, and then oh, you I screw see. the whole unit into the, um, you know, the, in the light bulb area. Uh, this probably isn't it, but are you using a um, high-energy efficiency bulb in one or the other? Well, I, I thought about using those. At this point, I'm using 40-watt bulbs. Okay, just regular incandescents? Uh-huh. Huh. And you've tried two of these, and they're still not working? Right. But without it, the light comes on and off normally? Right. Wow, it sounds like it sounds like something's wrong with the timer. Um, I wonder if, because of the configuration of the way the timer screws into the fixture itself, that maybe it's not making contact. Like for example, sometimes when you have a timer that screws into the socket where the bulb goes, and then you screw the bulb into the timer, maybe it doesn't get close enough to actually make contact because the fixture is a little bit different. That's the only thing that really comes to mind on this, Karen, because it wouldn't make sense that, it, that it's not working. Have you done this? Have you taken one that doesn't work in the front and screwed it in in the back and see if it works in the back? Because that I will did. prove... I did, and, and then I took the one from the back and put it, into put it in the front, front, and it didn't work either. So. so then I think it's pretty clear that for whatever reason, the timer is not getting power from the light fixture. How would I so, be able to fix that? Well, you've got to try to look at it closely and figure out why that's happening. Now, this may sound crazy, but, you know, I actually had a light fixture inside my home, a lamp that I've had for a gajillion years that suddenly stopped working. And I thought, oh, I have to replace the socket. What's going on with this? And I brought it to an electrician friend of mine who looked inside the socket and there was a little tab that the bulb makes contact with. 
And I guess over the, I think we've had it 10 years, of push, you know, putting in light bulbs, we may have gotten aggressive and the tab just got pushed down. And he simply, you know, reached in with it unplugged and raised the prong. Yeah, you know, make sure you've got this whole breaker turned off. For me, it was a table lamp, so I knew it was unplugged. But for you, make sure it's completely turned off at the fuse box. And just pull that tab up. And surprisingly, that did the trick. The lamp works amazingly. The guy didn't charge me. It was awesome. So this could be a simple fix. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's worth a shot. Anything's worth a shot. Oh, I know it is. Because I thought, you know, it's really a pain to have to turn that off every morning. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely the easiest thing to do, Karen. Clearly, it's not getting power. You need to figure out why. Fix that. You'll be good to go. Okay? Okay. Thank you so much. Well, wood flooring has long been the flooring of choice for many homeowners and for quite a long time. But it's not just for floors anymore. There's a new trend emerging now and over the last few years where natural materials like wood flooring are being used to create accent walls in homes. Yeah, you know, this is a big trend and it's so easy for you to achieve, guys. You know, every level of do-it-yourselfer out there could tackle this. And I actually just used this for an episode of a new series called Good Bones on HGTV. And instead of using actual wood, I used, what is that called? That VCT, that rubberized vinyl flooring? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it looks like a wood plank. And the vendor that I bought it from had mixed up an interesting color palette that they called like barn wood or old palette. You know, they had really put together some interesting color stories. And this one was a peel and stick. And, you know, you could do this with anything from really wood to stone or fabric. But wood flooring with this trend, the finished results are just stunning. And it's super easy to do, guys. And one great thing about the trend is that you can use either leftover flooring from your own project or friends, or you can look for leftovers or samples at surplus stores, garage sales, or other bargain hunting hotspots. Yeah, I mean, it really is great because you can get a great look that looks like exotic wood. And, you know, if you wanted to use it on the floor, but maybe couldn't afford it for such a large space, one wall could really bring in that same look you were trying to achieve at a fraction of the cost. And it's really easy to do. I can't even just stress enough. It's a super simple do-it-yourself project, guys. Yep, great idea. 888 Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Bill in Tennessee is on the line with a painting question. How can we help you? My house faces east, and uh, of course you get the the west uh, sunset in the back of my house, but uh, that sun really pounds down hard on my house, and uh, I've got wood windows, and I've got a uh, a stained wood front door. Um, My my question is, um, would I get any benefit to, uh, I need to re- I want to scrape the windows down and repaint them. Would I get any benefit to uh, putting an exterior uh, kills type product on there before I paint it? Yeah, I mean, you always get benefit from priming the wood, which is what you're talking about doing. So sure, especially if you've got loose paint, you want to scrape it down, sand it down, get rid of everything that's loose, then prime it. Um, if you want to really do a terrific job, I would use an oil-based primer. And that's going to soak in and seal and make sure everything is nice and tight and attached to the wood fibers. Then you put your top coat on top of that of paint. So priming is always a good idea, and Kills is a terrific product to do that with. Okay, now let me ask you about the stained wood door. Um, what, what kind of product would you recommend to kind of seal that in? So the door is stained right now. Does it have any kind of gloss finish on it? No, it's kind of a... Um uh, it's kind of a walnut-type color. But it has no urethane-type finish on it? You think it was just stained? Um, well, it's about uh, house-built no six, so it's a couple years old. It's uh, faded out a little bit. There may have been one there on there at one time, but it's... Um, well, here's why I ask. If the wood door has never had any uh, stain and it never had any finish on it, top coat of finish on it, then you could just restain it. And so if you restain it, and again, if you sand it down, rough it up, and then restain it, 
you you know should be able to get a, a very rich tone. But then what you do need to do is put a urethane uh, on top of that, use an exterior urethane because it has UV protection in it, and take the door off the hinges to do all the work. Set it up in a couple of sawhorses, you know, in your front yard or your garage, and then work on it there. If the door has already got a finish on it, then you may have to sand it down through that finish to get to the raw wood in order to restain it. Great. Well, I appreciate it. Hey, do you guys love the red carpet looks during award season? Well, you can bring that same glitz and glamour right into your home. We'll tell you how you can add some elegance just in time for the Academy Awards coming up when the Money Pit continues. Hey, 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 money. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we would love to talk with you about your next home improvement project. Do you have a makeover planned for your Money Pit? Pick up the phone and ask us how to get started. We'll give you some great advice on where to start, when to start, how to save some money, and how to get the job done right the first time at 888-MONEY-PIT. And in Georgia, you are on the line with the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Well, uh, my house was built back in the 60s, and uh, I know now when they put up drywall, they use drywall screws. Yep. But back then, they used a hammer. Yep, and I've got these dings on the walls and on the ceiling, and I've you know, tried to uh, put you know, spackle over the top of them and, and scrape it off and, and sand it and, I, and paint it, and there they are. They come right back again. Is there anything I can do to sort of cover it or do i have to take down all the drywall no no are you sure it's a hammer ding and not a nail pop does it seem like it's raised or does it seem like it's recessed they're recessed they're recessed okay so the solution here is spackling but it's not just a one shot thing what you want to do is put multiple coats of spackle on and so you start and you can go out to a home center or a hardware store and you can buy plastic uh, spackle knives that are basically disposable. So you start out with one that's about two inches, then you go to one that's about four or five inches, then you go with one that's like six or eight inches wide. And if you put on three layers like that, you'll fill it in, it'll be absolutely flat. But you can't just stop there. If you're going to start doing this around the house, you're going to have to repaint all of those surfaces and you should prime them first because if not, you're going to get different absorption between the areas that were newly spackled and the old ones, and that will result in sort of like a, a weird kind of glazing or sort of shade difference with the way the paint kind of takes. Oh, okay. 
All right. Now, if you have one that looks like it's cracked, what Leslie was talking about were called nail pops. Uh-huh. And frankly, that's much more likely than the dents you're describing unless mm-hmm. you just happen to have a really over-aggressive guy with a hammer <laughs> that put that thing together back in the 60s. Those dents are haunting you 50 years later. <laughs> yeah. The nail pops, you could put another nail next to the one that sort of stuck it out and drive it in. And that the, the second nail will hold in the first nail. But remember, it's really key that you sand, prime, and paint to make this all go away. And lastly, the type of paint you use is critical. Make sure you use flat paint. Do not use anything with a sheen because when you put something with a sheen on a wall, any defect in the wall becomes magnified when the light hits it. Well, that's great advice. Well, we're always on the lookout for new, exciting, and energy-efficient products. And that's why we checked out all the offerings at GreenBuild recently. And now that's a trade show where new green products are unveiled every year. Yep. And this year, we learned a lot about skylights from the folks at Velux. Velux has been around for a long time. In fact, it's the brand of skylight that I've used in my own home. They're pretty good for letting in tons of natural light. However, most of the time, unless you use a pole, you can't let in any air. But now, you know, there are advances that will help alleviate some of the cons of skylights and make them even more attractive to homeowners. We talked to Bill Charlton about it. And a lot of people would like to have an opening skylight, but a lot of people don't like the inconvenience of having a pole to open the skylight. So this gives you the opportunity to use a remote control, but instead of having wires to power this product, you're going to have a solar-powered panel at the bottom that will charge a series of batteries in the operator. And then with the remote, you'll be able to open and close this skylight when you want. And if you leave the house and you forget to close the skylight, a thunderstorm pops up, you don't have to worry. There's a rain sensor that's built into this solar-powered skylight that will close automatically when it gets wet. The entire interview is featured in our Top Products podcast online at moneypit.com. Plus, you can learn more about solar skylights at velux.com, V-E-L-U-X.com. All right, now we've got Richard calling in from Atlanta, Georgia. What can we do for you today? We've got carpet in the basement. We just bought this house about six months ago, and they've got some kind of mold issue, and I'm, I'm not going to mess with it. I'm just going to rip it out. I don't want to re-carpet it, and I don't want concrete floors. Um, I've heard laminated wood, engineered wood, plastic wood. Could you give me a, a nickel education on this? Well, absolutely. First of all, you're really smart to tear out carpet from a basement for all the reasons you stated. I mean, carpet is like, it's a filter, and you put it down in the basement, it traps dust, dust mites, and allergens, it holds moisture in, and it can be a very unhealthy situation. So removing that, going down the concrete, and thinking about a hard surface flooring is a wise move. You do have options. The two best options would be laminate flooring and engineered hardwood flooring. A good source for both products is Lumber Liquidators. They have good products, good prices, great experts there. We've had them on the show a number of times. And whether or not you go with laminate or hardwood, the installation is going to be really important. You're going to follow their directions on that. Make sure you have the appropriate vapor barriers down. Now, engineered hardwood is just like regular hardwood, except that it's made kind of like plywood with different layers that overlap. And this gives it dimensional stability, which is the reason you could put it in a damp area like a basement. Right. But then the top layer is actually the hardwood veneer of the hardwood that you're looking at. So it's truly a beautiful floor. Okay, cool. Now, laminate is also an an option, and the laminate flooring today is absolutely gorgeous. And I'm telling you, in many cases, you cannot tell that it isn't hardwood floor because it looks so good. If you decide not to go with a hardwood look, you could get a laminate. Like, I have lumber liquidators laminate in my kitchen. It looks like stone, and it's beautiful. It's tough. 
We've raised three kids on it. You just can't kill this stuff. So I would take a look at LumberLiquidators.com. Take a look at either laminate or engineered hardwood, not solid hardwood, because that will move if it gets damp or wet, but only engineered. Does that make sense, Rich? That makes great sense. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Still to come, subway tiles, not your thing? Well, we've got insight into a new shape of tile that's taken mathematicians 30 years to come up with. So stick around. We won't take 30 years to come back. You live in a body pit. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT. You will get the answer to your home improvement question. Plus, this hour, we're giving away a great winter prize. We've got the Snow Joe Ion Hybrid Snowblower. Now, this is the first snowblower on the market that features two-in-one hybrid operation. So you can use between a battery power operation or a corded power operation. It's really convenient. It's eco-friendly. Cannot stress how easy it is to use and you'll get really quick, easy snow removal. Check it out in-store at the Home Depot or online at homedepot.com, and it's a prize worth $400. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Now we've got Pam in Illinois on the line dealing with a flat roof. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. We are having a problem uh, finding a leak on our roof. Is We have a roof that's flat, but it has a, a slope to it. We have our air conditioning units that sit up there along, you know, with the uh, roofing vents. Um, We've used that white vinyl, you know, to seal it. It's a rolled roofing, you know. Uh, We've sealed it with the white vinyl. Around the air conditioning units and the vents, we've used the black mastic tape, but we can't seem to get you know, to seal them. So do you have any suggestions, something that would work? So do you know where the leak is? Well, we're thinking around the vent or the air conditioning unit. Have you tried to take a garden hose up there and and strategically sort of flood that suspected area to see if you can cause the leak to happen? Uh, No, we haven't. So that might be a good next step. Uh, Start low on the roof because it's sloped. And flood that area with the garden hose for 15 or 20 minutes. And then if nothing happens, you know, move it up a few feet and a few feet and a few feet to see if you can narrow down the exact area where the leak is happening. Uh, You've got a difficult situation, Pam, because, first of all, rolled roofing is the weakest roofing material out there when it comes to low-slope roofs. Secondly, you've got an air conditioning compressor on the roof, probably sitting on four by fours or something of that nature. So when the where the air conditioner sits, as it goes on, it vibrates, and so that vibration breaks down that roofing material, makes it really difficult for you to get something that's that's leak free. 
if the roof was built in a different way, and by that I mean if the roll roofing was stripped off right down to the sheathing, uh, and the roof was built with maybe like a, a rubberized roof or something of that nature, and there are fa- there are special types of support mechanisms for air conditioners that have flashing built into them, you know, then you wouldn't be having this issue. So there's no sort there's no like easy way to kind of make this go away. All I can really suggest is that you strategically try to find out where this leak is and then focus your 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 tarring application efforts right around those spaces. Uh, unfortunately, it's not going to be easy to find it, but once you do, hopefully you can identify the weak link and then as a matter of preventative maintenance, you can get up there and, and then reseal it every once in a while. Okay. Well, you've certainly helped us and given us a lot of food for thought. All right. Happy to do so. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. So here's something interesting for any tile project you might take on. Did you know that there's only two ways to tile a flat surface? Flat surfaces are known as planes. You either need a tile shape that can fit against itself, or you need to fill the gaps with other tiles. Yeah, now there are actually very few tile shapes that can fit against each other without gaps. And that's why most tiles are regular shape. Pentagons, quadrilaterals, or even hexagons. Phew, I had to dust off my high school geometry to get through that one time. Yep, but mathematicians have come up with a new irregular pentagon shape that can now be used to form a unique pattern. It's actually taken 30 years to figure this out, and it's only the 15th type of non-regular pentagon in mathematical history that can tile a plane. Yeah, if you want to check it out and learn more about the shape and how it was discovered, head on over to our Money Pit blog, and that's at moneypit.com. 888-666-3974. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? Ron in New Jersey's on the line with a fireplace question. What's going on? I live in a condo or townhouse that's about 25 years old, and it has one of those fireplaces that's the metal type they just set in there, um, and they build the studs around it, sheetrock, and it's gas logs. Well, it doesn't really work too well. And a couple years ago when we had no electricity, uh, I tried to use it for heating, but it really didn't blow any heat in. It just pretty much went up the chimney. Um, I'm thinking about replacing it, but I'm not sure. I have really no idea if, if there's one type better than the other that would also serve as a emergency heating system in the house. So the reason you're not getting enough heat out of it is because it's a gas fireplace, and they rarely put out a lot of heat. Um, in your case, it, to replace it, you would have to replace the entire unit. This type of unit is called a zero-clearance fireplace because basically it's an insulated box that can go against a combustible wall and not have any problems being used. So if you put in a wood-burning zero-clearance fireplace, you'll find that you'll get a lot of heat out of it. And if you want to step up the amount of heat that you could potentially get out of it, um, opt for the version that has a blower built in. And the blower will basically uh, take air from the base of the fireplace, run it behind uh, the firebox and out the top, and that will supply actually quite a bit of heat. So it would be a wood-burning, though, not the gas log. Yeah, it would be wood-burning. You're you're never going to get... I mean, you can put a gas fireplace in, but I just don't think you're going to get the same amount of heat out of it. And frankly, I'm a little uncomfortable with gas-burning fireplaces. I think there's a real carbon monoxide risk with them. And it is vented. It's got the pipe that goes up out through the roof and all. But you're still not going to get the same. It's it's basically decorative. You're not going to get enough heat out of it, as you discovered. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Good luck, Ron. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Still ahead, do you want to achieve a red carpet-worthy look for your home just in time for the Oscars? Well, we've got a solution that's going to glam up your home next. You live in a body pit.
Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So did you ever hear a question on the show that made you say, that's exactly what I wanted to know? Well, we hope so. And if you'd like to hear the answer again, it's on moneypit.com. If there's any question you missed, it's online at our website with the full transcript. All the advice is there. So check it out at moneypit.com. And best of all, it's free. All right. Some more free stuff that the Money Pit offers is advice and guidance. And you can post your question in the community section. And Tom from New Jersey, no, not this Tom in New Jersey, another guy, he writes, every spring, my Cedar Shake home comes under attack by woodpeckers. Any suggestions on how to make sure they don't come back this spring? Well, I think the trick here, Tom, is to make your home so unattractive that they go attack somebody else's house. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a couple of um, you know sort of very non-toxic uh, things that you can do to encourage woodpeckers to go elsewhere. Um, one of which is to have some strips of plastic that sort of flutter in the breeze in the areas that they like to infest. Um, what I've noticed folks doing that works quite well is if you could take, say, like a hefty bag, like a black plastic bag, and slice it into like two-inch strips so it kind of flutters in the breeze and attach some of those strips um, to a couple of different places around the house, maybe to the top of a window and that sort of thing. That has a very deterring effect for woodpeckers. The other thing is if you have a hole that's been placed uh, in the in the siding, what you might want to do is take a tin pie plate and cover that hole with the pie plate. When they see the tin, it kind of freaks them out because they see themselves in and they again will go elsewhere. The idea is to kind of scare them off, to deter them from uh, further attacking your home and hopefully they won't come back again. Yeah, you know, the thing with woodpeckers is if they find a place that they like, they're going to want to go back there year after year. They're creatures of habit. I mean, pretty much everybody is. So if you can break the habit this spring, you know, really make it unappealing for them, maybe they'll start remembering that your house isn't so welcoming and they won't go there first next year. Well, if you're entertaining this Oscar season, you might want to create a space that brings that Hollywood glamour indoors. You can do it easily and inexpensively. Leslie's got tips on how to do just that in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's award season again. And along with Oscar winners, everyone's wondering for who's going to get honors for getting decked out in style. Now, you can make sure your home gets on the best dress list with a red carpet worthy makeover guided by these three words. Are you ready? Glitz, glitz glamour, and luxury. Now, here are two high-impact ways that you can transform your space, crystal and mirrors. Now, if you add crystal accessories like candle holders or vases with a few properly placed mirrors, that really creates a surefire way to add that sense of drama into your home. If you group mirrors together, you know, hang them in a really thoughtful way, that adds depth to any space, and it then bounces the light around the room and can actually make your room seem bigger. Also, think about rich, saturated tones. They can make any room feel like the VIP party. So look for plum tones and deep grays and maybe rich browns and burgundies. That's all going to add glamour. Your fabric should have a really luxurious feel to them. So think faux fur, cashmere blends, and silken velvets because that's got that nice sheen to it. But you don't want to go too overboard with them either. It can be as simple as a couple of throw pillows or a throw blanket over an ottoman. You know, something that just creates that luxe effect there. And if you follow some of these decorating tips, you will have an Oscar-worthy room for entertaining. You don't even need the gold statue. Although if you can find some of those, that really makes the grade when it comes to dressing up your space. 888-666-3974. You can call us 24-7 at that number with your home improvement question. Coming up next time on the program, plaster walls are what you see most often in homes. 
but they are prone to cracks. What can you do to repair those cracks? We'll have the step-by-step when Tom Silva from This Old House joins us on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 